Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. Exodus 16, verse 1. The entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had left the land of Egypt. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by Yahweh's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Then Yahweh said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. Verse 5. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. May Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. We've been traveling through with the ancient Israelites in Exodus 16 for a few sermons now. And we've come to verse 5 for our study in this lesson. And I'm going to title this lesson as the manna miracle then and now. This is a very exciting and enlightening subject. And I hope that you get a blessing out of it, old and young. Thus far, through this text, we've seen that it's on the 15th day of the second month, or moon, the months here are lunar, that the Israelites began to murmur about not having the food they once had in the land of Egypt. Because of this, Yahweh tells Moses that he's going to rain bread down from heaven for the people, and they are then to go out and gather enough for that day. Now, I want to stress the words, that day, here in verse 4 and 5. Right at the beginning of the chapter, the instructions are for the Israelites to gather enough manna for that day. Now, in doing this, Yahweh says He will test the Israelites to see whether or not they will follow His instructions. Now, I've already taught on verses 1 through 4, so today we come specifically to verse 5. And Yahweh's instructions continue in verse 5 when He says, On the sixth day... When they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. I want you to read that carefully and slowly. We're going to read it again and think about this. As we read it again, verse 5, carefully, it says, On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Remember that in verse 4, Yahweh's instructions were to gather enough manna for that day. Now, I'm going to teach, after studying this text, that in verse 5, Yahweh is not telling the Israelites to gather twice as much manna on the sixth day, but instead that when they go out to gather on the sixth day for that day, when they bring it in, it will be miraculously twice as much as they've gathered on days 1 through 5. Now, all biblical commentators do not agree with my assessment that I just made. Take, for example, John Gill, an 18th century English Baptist pastor and scholar and a very good commentator of Holy Scripture. Here's what he says about the text. Listen to this, quote, On that day should be rained double what fell on other days. And so twice as much should be gathered up, the reason for which is not here mentioned, but afterwards given, though Moses no doubt was now made acquainted with it, or otherwise he could not have informed the princes and people of it 
as he afterwards did, Exodus 16.23, end of quote. John Gill says that Yahweh rained down double what fell on the other days and thus twice as much as should be gathered up. Commentator Albert Barnes, another old commentator from the 19th century, Presbyterian pastor and theologian, states this about verse 5, quote, they should collect and prepare a double quantity, end of quote. Now, I'm saying something that is different from these two commentators. I'm saying that the Israelites on the sixth day of the week went out and gathered the same as they did on all the other days, but when they brought it in and prepared it, it turned out to be twice as much as they gathered on days one through five of the week. Now, let me explain why I believe this as we go through the text. My first reason is found in Exodus 16, verses 15 through 18. Follow with me. Verse 15. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? By the way, in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for what is it is manna. That's that's how you say what is it in Hebrew. You say manna, and that's why it was called what is it or manna. Because they didn't know what it was. Moses told them, It is the bread Yahweh has given you to eat. This is what Yahweh has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat, you may take two quarts per individual, according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Notice the end of verse 17. Some gathered a lot, some a little. When they measured it up by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus. And the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Now I want you to think about this text. The Israelites see the bread from heaven. Yahweh commands two quarts per individual to be gathered. The Israelites gather, but some of them gather a lot, but they don't have a surplus. Some of them gather a little, but they don't have a lack. They bring it in, and it all evens out. Thus they all gather an equal amount, two quarts as much as they needed. And the word needed is very important. We'll get back to that later in the sermon. Think about that. As much as they needed. There was a miracle of the manna here in 16.5 and throughout the chapter 15-18. through Yahweh evened it all out. They got enough for that day, just like He had initially stated or commanded back in verse 4 on days 1-5 through of the week. Now look at verses 19 through 20 in Exodus 16. Verse 19. Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until the morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until the morning. And it bred worms and it smelled. Therefore Moses was angry with them. Now Moses told the Israelites not to let any of the manna be left over to the next morning. They were to eat what they gathered that morning that day. So what happens? Well, some of the people left part of it until the morning. Israelites are always so curious and stubborn. We still are today. The manna bred worms and it smelled. And I can't help but think. When I was putting together these sermon notes, I can't help but think of how the garbage can sometimes smells when I open it up to put in a bag of garbage and maybe we're only like a day out from the truck coming by. And I open it up and I get a whiff. 
I can think about that smell when I read this here in Exodus 16. And whatever smell was here of the leftover manna, I'm certain it wasn't a good or pleasant smell. As we say in the South, right, it stank. It smelled bad. Look at verses 21 through 22. Verse 21, they gathered it every morning. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. Verse 22, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, four quarts apiece, and all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. Now, the Israelites gathered the manna every morning. Each person gathered as much as he needed to eat. Remember back in verses 15 through 18, it was an equivalent amount across the board throughout all of Israel, whether you gathered a lot or whether you gathered a little. It was two quarts. When the sun grew hot, late morning the manna would melt. So on the sixth day, the Israelites, verse 21 says, gathered twice as much food. Don't forget what we've learned up to this point. People usually read this verse by itself, as I have done in the past, and say, see, they actually did gather twice as much manna on the sixth day. But I want you to remember this. They were already instructed in verse 4 to gather enough manna for that day. Verse 5 says when they would bring it in on the sixth day, it would be twice as much. Verses 15 through 18 show that each day when people gathered, there ended up being an equivalent amount, two quarts apiece, no matter if you gathered a lot or you gathered a little. And notice verse 22. This is really good. It says that they gathered four quarts apiece on the sixth day. Now, would not this work the same as the regular two quarts apiece on the other days? In other words, if they all gathered an equivalent of two quarts on days one through five of the week, would not day six be an equivalent of four quarts, regardless of how little or how much they actually gathered? And at the end of verse 22, this is really exciting. It says all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. Reported what to Moses? Did they just report, well, the Israelites, Moses, they went out and they purposely gathered twice as much manna. I don't think so. What they came and reported and the the need was felt by the leaders to go report it to Moses. Why? Because what they were reporting was a miracle. They had been measuring the manna at two quarts apiece per person on days one through five. And they went out to gather on day six, just like the other five days of the week. Some gathered a lot, some gathered a little. But when they measured it on day six, it came out to four quarts apiece per person. So the leaders say, whoa, we've got to go tell Moses about this. Now Yahweh was supplying the Israelites with what they needed. With what they needed. No more or no less with what they needed. He was teaching them, catch this, He was teaching them to trust Him. And when the leaders saw this in verse 22, they had to come to Moses and tell him about it. Because Moses is the main man in Israel. Day 6 was working out differently than days 1 through 5. And we know why. The supply of manna on day 6 was miraculously given by Yahweh for not just day 6, but also for day 7, which was the Sabbath. 
And that's exactly what happened. Look at verses 23 through 26. After the leaders come and tell Moses about the miracle, verse 23, he told them, this is what Yahweh has said, tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to Yahweh. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil and set aside everything left over to be kept until the morning. So they set it aside until the morning as Moses commanded and it did not smell or have any maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you won't find any in the field. For six days you may gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Moses explains what is happening and the reason the manna came to four courts instead of two on the sixth day because Yahweh was teaching them about His provision for them for the Sabbath. They kept this manna over until the next day. Remember, when they did it on days one through five, what happened? It bred worms, maggots, and it stank. It smelled. I think the King James even says it stank. (laughs) Maybe the King James were Southerners after all, right? But when they kept it over for the Sabbath, they went to the manna supply. There were no worms. There was no putrid smell. There was none out in the field on the seventh day, but there was plenty in the tent. Yahweh supplied their need miraculously. There was an ancient Israelite commentator that stated this about Exodus 16, verse 5, in the medieval period. He says this, quote, of what they were accustomed to gather each day of the rest of the days of the week, double. I believe that the meaning of what they will bring in and it will be double, is that after they bring it, the manna, by measuring it, they will find it to be double of what they gather and measure every day. End of quote. Also, the pulpit commentary on the Bible has this to say about Exodus 16.5. Quote, Some commentators suppose that in these words is implied an order that on the sixth day they should set themselves to gather a double quantity. But the natural meaning of the words is that having gathered the usual quantity, they should find when they measured it that by miracle the supply sufficient for one day was multiplied so as to suffice for two. This view is in harmony with verse 18 which tells us of a miraculous expansion and diminution of the manna after it had been gathered. And with verse 22 which shows us that the rulers surmised by the miracle of the sixth day. End of quote. The pulpit commentary mentions the expansion, as it calls it, and the diminution, as it calls it. Remember, the one that gathered much had no surplus. He that gathered little, he had no lack. It all evened out. Apostle Paul uses this by analogy in 2 Corinthians when he's talking about giving to the congregation at Corinth. Yahweh supplied just the right amount of manna that each Israelite needed in the wilderness. And Yahweh supplies our needs too. Amen. See, the miracle of the manna still goes on for the children of Yahweh. He supplies our needs whether we have much work or whether we have little work. Whether it looks like we have too much or whether it looks like we have too little. He always supplies our needs, does He not? Who in here is without clothing? I'm looking at all of you, and you look clothed. You don't look naked, so I think He supplied everybody in here with clothing. 
Who in here is without food? Nobody raised their hand. I'm looking at y'all all still. Don't look like y'all missed too many meals, right, brothers and sisters? Yahweh has supplied us with food, with clothing, with shelter. Paul tells us that we're to be content with these things. I don't think anyone in here is without either of these things. Yahweh is supplying what we need. Our needs. I'm not talking about our wants. I'm not talking about the lusts of our carnal flesh. I'm talking about our needs. And if He is supplying your needs, and if He is supplying my needs, we should be very thankful. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my Almighty will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in the Messiah, Yeshua. And if He's doing that in your life, you need to give Him the praise. Give Him the praise. Let Him know how thankful you are that He supplies what you need when you need it. I cannot tell you how many times I thought I would not have enough. And I began to worry. There's been times in my life when I wondered how this bill or that bill would get paid. And I worried. But Yahweh supplied my need. There's been times when I wondered if I'd have enough food to feed my family. I have wondered that before. And now with two teenage boys, that's not always an easy task. Amen? Do you have some teenagers in your house? My mama used to tell me, how do you eat so much? I didn't know then. I've slacked off now, and now I wonder how my boys eat so much. They eat way more than I do. It's not just seconds, it's thirds. I feel they're growing boys. Give it to them, let them eat. Yahweh always supplies my family's needs when it comes to food. I've sometimes wondered how I would get everything accomplished in a busy week where I had a lot to do. Work-wise, ministerial-wise, visiting-wise, phone calls-wise. Everything, everything, everything's up. My mind is racing. How am I going to get it all done? But yet, Yahweh gave me strength. I got it done. It's behind me. He supplied my need. Sometimes people wonder how Yahweh will supply their needs when they start keeping the Sabbath. Human reasoning reasons that you will make more working seven days straight than working six days and resting the seventh. Well, how about trusting Yahweh and His law that is for our good? He told the Israelites He would provide and He did. He tells us today the same thing. And He's still Yahweh Yireh, Yahweh our provider. When you work for six days and give the seventh day to Yahweh, that's called keeping the Sabbath. You don't work, but you rest on the seventh day. When you honor the Sabbath and give that day to Yahweh and come to the church gathering that we hold here every Sabbath day, Yahweh will supply your needs. He will bless you and supply what you need. And you might think, well, Brother Matthew, you know, it looks like people in the world have their needs supplied too. How do you explain that? This is how I explain that. Yahweh is merciful to the ungrateful. Luke chapter 6, I just got through teaching this. Yahweh causes His sun to shine and His rain to come on the righteous and the unrighteous. 
When it rains, it just doesn't rain over the house of the believer. It rains right next door over the house of the unbeliever. And the sun, the S-U-N sun, all the benefits that it brings. Brother Jerry, I walked outside the other day and the whole sky was lit up and I thought, wow, that sun is so powerful. Yahweh created it and it's lighting up everything. Whereas before, three or four hours ago, I couldn't see anything because it was dark. Well, that blessing of that sun rises on the just man's house. That's the righteous man's house. But it also rises on the unrighteous man's house. Yahweh is merciful to even the ungrateful. And He's even merciful to us Israelites when we're ungrateful. Can you say amen? If you can't say amen, maybe you can say ouch, right? He is. He's still merciful to us when we're ungrateful. It should make us even more thankful to serve a mighty one like Yahweh that's merciful to the ungrateful. So trust Him when He says keep the Sabbath. He'll supply your needs. We're just talking about for an extra day here. But if you read in Leviticus 25, Yahweh not only had a Sabbath day, He had a Sabbath year. And the Israelites were not to plant on the Sabbath year. And imagine planting only on the year before the Sabbath year. And Yahweh says, you're going to wonder how I'm going to feed you, but don't worry. I'll give you enough on that sixth year that you plant. And it'll last over the seventh year. And even into the eighth, it'll keep going. Yahweh supplies our needs. Hallelujah. He supplies our needs. And let me remind you that when Yahweh supplies our needs... It may not come when you want it, but He'll always be right on time. And that's because He's working on supernatural timing, not on Matthew's timing, not on your timing. We might think it needs to be now. We might think it needs to be later. We might think those things, but Yahweh, the all-knowing Mighty One of Israel, the Creator of the universe, He infinitely knows when it needs to be and what it needs to be. Amen? I can't help it. That makes me smile. And think about this in regards to your salvation. And I hope that you think about this every day because I do and it's so much of a blessing. We need a perfect righteousness to be saved. We used to sing a song, 99 and a half won't do. Come on, brother, let's make 100 in the church. But yet everyone in the church, if they were honest, they did not make 100 on the test. That's not being unrealistic. That's being realistic. I do not have a perfect righteousness before Yahweh. And He doesn't only suggest it. He commands a perfect righteousness. And when I look through just the ten of the commandments, which are the primary ones, I've broken every one of them. Yahweh commands a perfect righteousness. His law is perfect. He doesn't change it for anybody. The problem is I don't have a perfect righteousness. I've transgressed Yahweh's law numerous times. And that's not something I'm proud of. But it's nonetheless reality. A wise man once said these words, We're all broken, but only some people admit it. But Yahweh supplies the need that I have 
in the person of His Son. Who does have a perfect righteousness. And He clothes me in the robe of His Son's righteousness. Man, oh man, what a need He has supplied. Matthew owed a debt he could not pay. He paid a debt that he did not owe. Yahweh gives me the righteousness of His Son, Yeshua, by my placing faith in Him. And praise Yahweh that faith, as Brother TJ has been teaching us, that faith causes a chain reaction of good works. Good works are inevitable where there is saving faith. Big point in the book of James. But the works that the faith produces is not what justifies me. What justifies me is the perfect law-keeping of the Messiah. The justification cup is already full. You can't add anything into that cup. If you want to talk about sanctification, becoming more holy, that's great. We'll talk about bearing forth fruits of meat, of repentance, but we talk about justification. I don't want to talk about Matthew's works. I want to talk about Yeshua's works because He worked it out perfectly with Father Yahweh. He fulfilled all righteousness. Why do you think He had to fulfill all righteousness as He told John the Baptist? And do you know what? John the Baptist needed to be baptized by Him. He was right. He said, no, suffer it. Allow it to be so that I must fulfill all righteousness. Why? He had to fulfill everything in Yahweh's righteous law so that that righteousness could be accredited to Matthew's account and to your account and to the account of all of His people who placed their faith in the Son's perfect righteousness. That's the good news, brothers and sisters. That's the good news. Yahweh is still doing, catch this, Yahweh is still doing the manna miracle today. He's giving us just what we need. No more, no less. It's equaling out. Place your faith in the Messiah. So you need to thank Him. You thank Him today. You thank Him tomorrow. You thank Him the next day. You thank Him on the Sabbath day. You thank Him on the new moon day. You thank Him the day after that. And when you thank Him for every need that He has supplied, you thank Him again. And then you thank Him while you're at work. And then you thank Him while you pump out a septic tank. Or you saw a board. Or you screw a plumbing pipe together. Or you do whatever it is that you do, you thank Him for what you do. When you change a diaper. When you put a little child to sleep. Hallelujah. When you close your door at night and lock it, you thank Yahweh for supplying your needs. That's the only reason. That's the only reason anybody's needs is supplied. That's it, saint or sinner. That's it. It's because Yahweh is merciful. He's supplying our needs. I'm able to speak today. I'm able to use my hands. My wife says I can't talk without using my hands. But I'm able to use my hands when I preach. Why? Because Yahweh has given me that ability. I'm able to go back and go forth because Yahweh has supplied my needs. My needs. My needs. I'm not going without today. He supplied my needs physically and spiritually. And He's going to keep supplying my needs just like He kept for 40 years in the wilderness sending that manna straight from heaven to His people Israel. Supplying their needs. He's going to keep supplying my needs and all of His children's needs. Giving us just what we need. So there's no need to worry There's no need to fret. And I'm preaching this with boldness today because Yahweh says I'm supposed to. But tomorrow, 
It's probably going to hit me. And something, Sister Lisa, is going to come at me and want to make me worry. And I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. And if I fail, I'm going to ask Yahweh to forgive me and I'm going to repent. But I'm not going to give up. What did you say? I'm not going to quit. I've come way too far to turn back now. Way too far to turn back now. No need to worry. No need to fret. Look at all the ways He's made and every promise He has kept. Every one. Every one. We serve a need-supplying mighty one this evening. He supplies our needs. He's the same today as He was in Exodus chapter 16 out in the wilderness. He will supply your needs. Put your trust in Him and His Son. You watch the miracle of the manna work. He will supply your needs. Be thankful for it. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Almighty Yahweh, for your love. Thank you, Almighty Yahweh, for your people. Thank you for your Son, your perfect, unblemished Lamb that takes away our sin. Slain from the foundation of the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Yahweh. Father, I pray that you would help me and everyone in here trust you. You made the manna come from heaven. This should let us know that if we need to be fed, you can feed us even from heaven. Father Yahweh, I pray right now that we would trust in that, Father Yahweh, and rely upon that, Father Yahweh. And I pray that we would not doubt, that we would not fret, that we would not worry. Father Yahweh, I I, I rebuke all anxiety, all worry, all fretting. Father, all of that that comes at us every day, Father, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Father Yahweh, let us accept that and believe that with our hearts because this is a promise that you've made to us in your word that you will supply. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your son. It's through him I pray.